Okay. Today, I am honored to welcome world-renowned Aussie astrologer Yasmin Bolin to our show. Yasmin worked as a journalist and TV producer before returning, before turning full-time to astrology. Yasmin has that was a Freudian slip. Yasmin has a special interest in angelic astrology, which I am very inter- interested to learn more about. And Yasmin says that angel astrology is based on ancient Kabbalistic text. Yasmin has contributed to numerous publications around the world. She is the author of Cosmic Love, the amazing little book which draws love to you. Cosmic Love was first published by Penguin Books in 2001 and is now available for sale as an e-book on Yasmin's website, moonology.com. Again, the name of Yasmin's web- website is moonology.com. It's like astrology, but moon, moonology.com, where you can also read your daily and weekly stars, as well as get your free horoscope report. Yasmin currently lives in Bondi Beach, Bondi Beach, Australia. Welcome to the show, Yasmin. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm delighted to have you as our guest. Thank you, Katie. Please tell us, Yasmin, how did you become interested in in astrology? Well, I actually had a friend who, well, let me say this. First of all, apparently um, at my wedding, a whole lot of old friends of mine got up and talked about me and talked about me when I was a child (laughs) and when I was a teenager. And they all said that I was really, really into astrology when I was a teenager, which Mm. I actually don't remember. But apparently Mm. I had a whole lot of books and I was always talking about, you know, you're this and you're that. I don't remember that at all. I was actually... Um, about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago or more, actually probably more now, um, that a girlfriend of mine who was an, a professional astrologer decided to feng shui um, her office, mm-hmm. which was a shed out in the middle of uh, the backyard, and she gave me all her astrology books, which at the time, it was probably 12 years ago at least, if not a bit longer, um, were worth about $1,000, so probably wow. worth about two or $3,000 in today's money, and I just remember thinking, oh my God, that's like, you know, a whole life's worth of astrology books, a collection. So she gave them to me, wow. and uh, and then about a month later, she said, how are you getting on with your astrology books? And I said, well, I don't know how to, how to use them, I don't know what to do with them. And so she taught me quickly how to cast a chart, and how to look at my own transits, and all this, and and I always say that was kind of it for me. I mean, literally, I, as soon mm-hmm. as I learned how to how to compare things on my own chart, I was sucked into this astrological vortex. I was a freelance writer at the time, like you just said. Mm-hmm. So I was able to indulge myself as much as I wanted. And um, I was probably studying astrology for two or three hours every single day wow. to the point where I was getting concerned about the fact that it was eating into my working day and mm-hmm. being a freelance writer, you know, you can't just... You can't just do what you feel like all day, every day, because you've got to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And um, so at one point I actually said to a friend of mine, another friend, I said, this is just getting ridiculous. I'm like, I'm, if I, I'm obsessed with this astrology, I, I can't do this all the time. I, you know, so I've got to, I'm not doing as many articles as I should be writing because I'm studying astrology all day. So we got all the books that this one had, woman had given me and a few more that I bought since and put them into a couple of milk crates. And mm-hmm. we carried them down to the garage. This is probably about two or three years after she'd given me all these books. And um, and then about two hours later, we were back up in the living room, and my flatmate of the time, who was mm-hmm. French actually, came in holding the milk crates in one in each hand <laughs> and put them down in the middle of the living room and said, uh, Aziz, your books, I found them in the garage. And I'm like, 
And we, I looked at my friend and I said, okay, well, I couldn't ask for a stronger sign <laughs> than, you know, keep going with the astrology. And now it's all I do. I mean, I just don't like anything apart from astrology. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's basically... Well, from your perspective as an astrologer, what do you see as the highlights uh, for the year that we're just completing now, 2008? Well, the big thing, of course, has been what actually happened today, the day that we're recording this. Yes, this is a momentous day. has changed signs Mm -hmm. for the first time in about 13 years, and uh, it won't change signs again in in more than a decade. So, um, yeah, that happened... uh, couple of hours ago now and we're really into a new era um, one of the things that we can hope I mean I say this knowing that there are terrorists blowing up Thai, the Thai airport and there were terrorists in India overnight but Pluto is the planet of passion and it was in Sagittarius the sign of religion mm-hmm. so on the one hand you can say well all the people who have been born with Pluto and Sagittarius over the past decade and a bit mm-hmm have the potential in their birth charts to become um, religious fanatics. Mm-hmm. However, looking on the brighter side, uh, we could also say that now Pluto has actually moved out of Sagittarius. Um, there's a chance that there's going to be a slight diminishing in, in, in the religious fanaticism and, mm-hmm. and maybe the sort of outbreaks that we've seen over the past couple of days. I don't know if you heard that terrorists stormed the, ta- the Bangkok airport and they had to close it down. There's been these 78 people killed in, in Mumbai and in Mumbai in India and, wow. you know, everyone going on everywhere else around the world so maybe that was the last you know the last awfulness of Pluto and Sag I'm not sure I, I can't say for sure um, but I'm certainly hoping that it's going to be and now Pluto is moving into the sign of business which mm-hmm. also makes complete sense to an astrologer with what's been happening on the stock markets and you know the financial turmoil we've experienced in 2008 because Pluto has actually been going backwards and forwards into, into um, Capricorn, out of Cap, back into Sag, back into Capricorn, back into Sag, and now finally... And when it's cusping, it can be really strong, some of the... Right? Yeah, it really can. And so a lot of what we're going to see now is Pluto's the great detoxer of the Zodiac. And um, in theory, what's been going on is that um, business practices, because Capricorn is the sign of business and industry, business practices that needed to be detoxed somehow are getting this almighty detox. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily bad news for everybody. Um, for some people whose businesses are, especially businesses that are somehow altruistic, if, you, if you're working with Pluto, if you act in a, in a way that's within integrity and very altruistic, um, it actually yes. can work a lot in your favour. Yes, yes. So that's kind of the big news of, of oh, 2008. Yeah. Well, um, so... Would you be open to giving some astrological predictions by sign for 2009 for our sure. our listeners? Like, let's start sure. with uh, let's start with Aries. Okay. Well, I just actually wrote a column uh, that's that's um, going to be published in a week or two for one of the newspapers here, and um, I mentioned that uh, next month we're going to have not only Pluto in Capricorn, which is what we were just talking about, but we're also going to get the Sun and Mars in there as well. So there's going to be an enormous emphasis, um, which is actually going to continue throughout 2009. It's going to start next month. So why don't I run through um, that, about what what that's going to mean for all the different signs, where there's going to be a lot of emphasis next month, but also heralding um, one of the main focuses where people are going to be feeling the changes next year. How's that? Okay, that sounds great. 
Okay. Okay. So for Aries, uh, it's going to be um, in their tenth house of okay. career. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of Aries are already writing to me and saying, you know, you you said that my career was going to be fantastic this year and it hasn't been. I never said it was going to be fantastic. <laughs> this is Pluto we're talking about. Pluto will clear out the rubbish. Okay. So if you're in a job that you hate and you spend your whole time saying, I hate my job, I hate my job. Uh, especially if you're an Aries or you have Aries rising, um, this is the time that Pluto will say, right, okay, there goes your job. Now you get another one that you do like. <laughs> if, you're in a job that you, if you're in a job that you do like, um, actually this this transit can be can be very positive and can help you become quite powerful yeah. in your area. Yeah. Okay. So it depends upon how much shadow shadow tissue you have to integrate. You know, because yes. well, I'm a Scorpio, so I know Pluto yes. intimately. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ruled by Pluto, Scorpios are. Yeah. Okay, do you want to hear a little bit about um, Taurus? Yes, I do. And so, so does Taurus everybody who's listening. We have lots of listeners yeah. from all over the world. Is it Taurus so. or Taurus rising? Um, Pluto is moving into your ninth house, which is the house of travel and study. So travel and study could be somehow life-changing for you, mm -hmm. um, especially this year and in 2009. Uh, if you have a chance to, stu to study or travel and you feel like it's going to be something that could have a profound effect on you, you're probably right. It's also going to be an um, amazing time for you to be doing any, any sort of self-improvement courses, mm -hmm. especially if they've got any kind of cosmic overtones to them. So Pluto is basically starting to do a trine with Taurus, right? Um, yes, yes. Yeah, so that's why and we, and Taurus. We, yeah, which is which is you know means that um, Taurians are basically being supported by what's happening with Pluto. Yes, yes. As is that um, Virgo Moon, although or the Virgo, um, that's had some uh, restriction people have felt, I'm sure, with Saturn being in Virgo, but. Okay, well, I interrupted. So Gemini, you want to tell us about Gemini? Yep. Gemini, it's, uh, Pluto is moving into the eighth house, which is all about sex and money. Mm. So um, basically that's the areas of transformation on the solar chart for Geminis. Um, if, you, if you want to have better sex, this is the time to go off and do that tantric sex course because I'm telling you, <laughs> you can make the first move, baby. Uh, all right, and so then that's the Gemini, then Gemini Risings, and anyone else okay. who just feels like it. Yeah, especially yeah, if you have these strong um, these these signs um, strong in other places like your Mercury or Mars exactly. or yeah, those they're yeah, yeah, you'll be feeling this. So then Cancer, you're a Cancer. So I'm Cancerian, and I've got uh, I've got Pluto about to go into my solar love zone. Basically, there are two ways this can play out with Pluto. There's always the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. Um, the negative way, which, thank God, I feel quite protected from, one of, the, one of the worst things that a Cancerian could do right now is get involved with someone who's manipulative or controlling or bullying mm. because Pluto can represent that. And in your seventh house, it can represent someone, and opposite your son, it can represent someone who tries to control you or manipulate you, mm. which obviously nobody wants, nobody likes, and nobody needs. Um, on the positive side, Pluto is um, a transformational planet and in your opposite sign, in your seventh house of romance, seriously can show you about the transformational power of love. Mm. So that's what Cancerians need to be going for right now. And, and again, working with the... I um, think we could all go with the, that, uh, 
transformational power of love. That sounds like yeah. <laughs> but, but always bearing in mind that with um, Pluto, you have to go for the win-win situation. You can't mm -hmm. try and get one over someone else mm. or, or be with someone who's trying to get one over you. You have to go for uh, something that's a very altruistic win-win thing, and that's yeah. especially for your life. And one, of, one of the things I've heard, been hearing, uh, so many people speak about uh, this realization that we're all in this together. Yes. I think that's an important realization for people to be having at this time. Yes. So you say that because um, I went to a, a private concert by an Australian singer called Ben Lee, um, who's pretty well known in Australia and, and is sort of making a few inroads in the States. And one of his most uh, well-known songs is called We're All In This Together, and mm -hmm. he ends up by getting the whole audience to sing. We're all in this together, and you know it's a really lovely moment that you've got like all these people suddenly mm -hmm. saying we're all in this together. Wow, what a nice vibe to be yeah. putting out into the world. Yeah, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. I, I know him from my travels in India. So, did you give a mention? Right, so Leo, what? Sorry, so did Leo, you already... Leo, Leo. Okay, Leo. Now with Leos, um, it's actually in their sixth house of daily work and health. So it's a very good time to be thinking about their health, looking at detox in particular, as they think mm -hmm. their life's become a little bit toxic. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, really, in a way, on your solar chart, Pluto is kind of a little bit out of the picture. Um, Pluto will affect you a lot more in a decade or so. Right now, mm -hmm. it's kind of like urging you to make small changes in your life and really to think about your diet. And Are you there? Yasmin. But it's not too scary. Are you there? Are you there? Hi. This is quite quite a, a light effect. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear I me? I still can. I can hear you too. So I didn't hear about Leo though. You're back on the air. You went away oh, okay. for a little well, while. Well, what I was saying about Leo's is in some ways um, Leo's placement is uh, it was making what's called an inconjunct or a quincunx to Leo and that's a kind of a very subtle effect. It means there's mm. subtle, small changes to be made. Mm -hmm. and Leo? In Leo's case, it's mm -hmm. about the daily work and health routine. So uh -huh. particularly the emphasis while Pluto's in your sixth house is mm -hmm. um, you might be concerned about your health, but the best thing you can do is detox. You know, mm -hmm. and really have a think about what you're eating and what yeah. you're drinking. And, yeah. you know, I think we often think we're doing quite well. And then if we... Yeah. If we you know, really had to think about it, we'd say, well, actually, we eat too much or we don't yeah. eat enough of the right stuff. Yeah. Really good time. Yeah. Well, you want to tell us about Virgo? Okay, Virgo, as you mentioned before, they've got Saturn in their sign, so there has, has been a lot of Virgos feeling that they're very restricted. Um, I, I've actually just got a new column in a magazine in Abu Dhabi <laughs> in wow. the United Arab Emirates. And uh, the editor wrote to me and said, oh, I'm so sorry I haven't written to you uh, earlier. This is just yesterday. Um, I've been so busy, 12 hours a day. Oh, my God, it's so tough being a Virgo right now. And I thought, yeah. you said it, sister, because that's what Virgos are going through. They're going through working really, really hard. Yeah. But it, it's actually not about today. It's about tomorrow for Virgos. So um, you just need to keep working really hard throughout um, in, as we go into 2009. And actually, uh, Saturn will leave your sign on October the 30th or the 31st, depending on where you are in the world. Mm -hmm. um, Pluto is energising their fifth house, which is all about kids, creativity and romance. So uh -huh. if you're a Virgo and uh, you're wanting to have children or you're wanting to make a creative project, get it up and running, yeah. or you're wanting to bring some kind of fire and passion to your uh, romance life, romantic life, Pluto will help you do that and oh. it's probably already started to help you do yeah. that. Oh, good. Good. 
Good. I mean, you could talk to Virgos for three hours. There's so much going on in their charts right yeah. now. Yeah. My son has a Virgo rising. So. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so Libra, tell us about Libra. Libra, um, again, it's there. Uh, it's not such a hot spot for them. It, I mean, it is actually making what we call a square. Um, but it's a separating square. It's affecting their home life and their family life. So mm -hmm. basically, if you're a Libran and your house is really cluttered, this is a really good time to declutter your house. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure most people know by now that energy moves throughout the house. And if there's too much oh, clutter, yeah. then the energy doesn't move. So if you can declutter your house, then your life will change. It's not just a lot of old nonsense. Yeah. But it's also a time to really be addressing any family issues. If you've had problems with your family, if there have been arguments, uh, it's a time when you really need to look at um, how you can uh, forgive and, and if not forget then just forgive and move on but if possible forgive and forget put old family feuds to bed now mm -hmm. if you're a Libra and if you can do that you'll be making the most of Pluto in your fourth house oh wonderful so what about Scorpio so Scorpio well for you guys it's kind of one of the most interesting I think because um Pluto's moving into your third house, mm -hmm. which is the house of expression and communication. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to remember that Pluto also represents magic, okay? So having him in your third house actually means that there is now going to be a new magic in your words. Hmm. Now, you might think, oh, great, fantastic, I'll just go and say, you know, I want a new Mercedes, and then you'll have a new Mercedes, <laughs> which might work, actually, if you're a Scorpio. However, you also have to remember that if you say negative things like, you know, oh, it's going to be one of those days or, oh, I always make a fool of myself and such and so on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be spoken. It can even be thought, okay? This includes thinking and oh, writing yeah. and speaking. So how you express yourself can now be transformed, but you do need to remember you are going to be manifesting a lot more strongly with every mm -hmm. thought and every word that mm -hmm. you speak or write mm -hmm. or think. Mm -hmm. Not much pressure there then. Well, I, I think that's generally, as people grow in their consciousness, I think that generally is going to be true. People are going to find that to be true. It's kind of yeah, like but you probably just think that because you're a Scorpio. <laughs> you may be right. <laughs> okay. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Sagittarius. Tell us about Sag. Okay, so there's two things for Sagittarius that need to get mentioned. One is that Pluto has just moved out of your sign. So if your life feels like a dank, dark cave, mm. uh, you can expect some sunlight to be coming in soon, anytime now, because uh, you've got Pluto out of your sign. If your life's been totally, totally turned upside down and revolutionised by the events in, at some point in the last, I think, 13 years, that is Sagittarius. That, 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 I, my Venus is in Pluto. Your Venus is in Sagittarius? No. Oh, yeah, that's right. My Venus is in Sag. Is it? Sorry. Right. Yeah. So no one can find But Pluto, that. yeah. Right. But Pluto yeah. went through okay. that. Okay. Well, if you've had, you know, your heart trampled on or your income has kind of exploded in one way or another, um, that was Pluto. So, you know, that's all done now. You've been through this amazing death and rebirth period, this situation. And now what's happening is that Pluto's going into your financial zone, which is also connected to your self-esteem. So there's a chance to transform your financial situation and also... Um, there could be things that happen which help you um, actually boost your self-esteem, but they might be what we call the healing crisis. They might be a healing mm. crisis. Pluto is also the lord of hidden riches. Okay, so uh, sometimes when he does cause 
I mean, one of the best things you can you can best analogies you can draw is uh, the birth process, the the process of delivering a child, giving birth to a child, mm -hmm. which is obviously one of the most terrifying things that a woman can ever go through because it feels like you're going to die, mm -hmm. and then you get through it, please God, and out the other side you have a child, which is the most wonderful thing I think that can actually happen to you. So that's a really good analogy for Pluto because Pluto is about death and rebirth. Mm -hmm. And that's what um, Sagittarius has just been through, mm -hmm. and that's what Capricorns are about to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's not something to be feared, it's something to really work with and to sort of try and look. Pluto always works on a very, very deep level. Mm -hmm. But because Pluto's the lord of hidden riches, it, it brings out hidden riches. Yeah. It, it's like mining your life yeah. for riches you didn't know were there. Yeah. And so that's what Sagittarius have just been through, and yeah. that's what Capricorns have now, uh, are now about to experience. Yeah. Yeah. So Aquarius so would be Aquarius. Aquarius. And Aquarius is um they're having an interesting time at the moment because like Leo's they've actually got all the eclipses all over their chart at the moment. Every time they turn around there's another eclipse in their sign or their, their love zone. Now they've got Pluto moving into their twelfth house. So um, it's a time for them to be really deepening their understanding of their psychic abilities. Uh, it's also a time to be really looking at what fear, what role fear is playing in their life. Are they staying mm -hmm. in a situation they don't want to be in because they're scared or are they trying to bury their fears? Mm -hmm. uh, it's time to excavate the fears and get them out and then think, okay, if I didn't have this fear, how would I act? Because mm -hmm. quite often fear can make us act in a way that we otherwise wouldn't. So it's time to stop acting out of fear for Aquarians. Yeah, wow, that's a big statement for them. What about Pisces? And Pisces, um, they kind of get off a little bit lightly in a way. They, they've got it in the 11th house of social networks and dreams. Um, really what's happening for Pisces and to an extent Aquarians is that um, Pluto is moving slowly but surely towards their signs. So um, it's a time um, for both those signs, Aquarians and Pisces, really kind of getting rid of the rubbish in their life. Mm -hmm. For Pisces, though, it's going to particularly mean about thinking about who they're friends with. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're, they're, it's also Pluto is going to mean that they only want real friends. There'll be none of this uh, social butterfly, flippity gibbet social, you know, social chit-chat that means nothing. They'll be wanting relationships that really go deeply. Right. And uh, where dream, their dreams and hopes and wishes are concerned, Pluto will actually help uh, manifest dreams. But again, I come back to the old uh, authentic integrity, uh, altruistic, win-win right. thing. It's got to be, you know, your dreams will come true if you're a Piscean, if your dreams are win-win. Yeah. And also Uranus has been there in Pisces during this time. So that must yeah, have they had... St they've still got um, Uranus in there. Who's, you know, obviously still a force you reckon with, especially if you're born in the middle of uh, the Piscean period. Um, but in, in some ways, you know, he's gone a bit quiet for them as well because... Uh, you know, it's been, he, he's sort of about halfway, I think he's at about, well I'm looking now, he's at 18 degrees Pisces, right. so he's kind of halfway through. He's not making as many waves as he made before, nor as many waves as he'll make again. Yeah. Um, so it shouldn't be quite so chaotic. Um, probably more um, striking on the Piscean chart right now, for me at least, is Saturn in their opposite sign. So yeah. They're finding they're having to make lots of sacrifices for their partners or their ex, or their partners are making lots of demands, and, uh, and you know life can feel pretty grueling if you're a Piscean right now. Yeah, yeah. So what is this thing you talk about the different zones? You want to explain that? Um, that seems like a helpful thing for people to understand these different zones in one's chart. 
Yeah, well, that's actually just the word I use for mm -hmm. um, for the houses. Mm -hmm. So the set, because if I say to you, or not to you, because you understand. Well, that really gives the three D what it's going to look like, where it's going to exactly. show up in somebody's world. Yeah, if I say to someone who doesn't know astrology, oh, um, Pluto's moving into your seventh house, then they don't really know what I'm talking about. But the seventh house governs your most important one-to-one -one relationships and can be very easily referred to as your love zone. Yeah. So I just call it your love zone. Yeah. Just makes more sense to people if they don't understand astrology yeah. particularly deeply. Well, would you mind, you know, saying what each of those zones is related to the the houses, so people will have a sure. better understanding about the houses, how they're sure. working. Sure, I mean this is this this is my shorthand, so it's not yeah. put down in any book or anything. But um, and essentially, your first house I call your image zone, because uh, your first house governs um, your appearance and also how you come across to other people. So. If you happen to know that you're Gemini rising, for example, mm -hmm. anytime there are planets in Gemini, they're in your first house. Mm -hmm. Your um, your second house is uh, your money zone. You've got two money zones. Your third house is your communication zone, so what you say, think, and write. Uh, your fourth house is your family zone. So whenever you've got planets in your fourth house, your mind is going to turn to your family, and that means your mum and dad, or actually it can be just about where you live and where you call home. Your fifth house is the house of fun, your fun zone, your R&R zone, your, uh, kind of where you have fun on the weekends. Your sixth house is your daily work and health zone. Seventh house is your love zone, the one we all love. Um, eighth house is the house of sex and money. Ninth house, the house of travel and study and uh, really about seeing the bigger picture. So that's kind of your philosophy zone. Tenth house, your career zone. 11th house, your friends and wishes zone, and the 12th house is your, uh, it's really your privacy zone, your private, the private sector in your chart. Oh, great, great. Yeah. That's helpful for people to have that. Okay, yeah. so, well, tell us about angelic astrology, yes, and what is that about? How is it connected with Kabbalistic uh, texts? Okay, um... Angelic astrology is something I'm just looking into. Um, it's extremely interesting. The origins are kind of um, a little bit obscured. Not everybody's quite sure where everything came from, but what we do know is that in the ancient Kabbalah texts, uh, there were angels assigned to various degrees of the zodiac. Um, so, for example, uh, there are some birth angels which there is one for every single degree of the zodiac. So depending on what day you were born, there's 360 angels, and uh, that angel will be kind of one of your many angels that you have in your life, mm -hmm. and has a particular name. And um, that's, that, those, that, that information is best uh, explained, and I think a lot of it comes from um, a writer called Franz Barden, Mm -hmm. who is a metaphysician, mm -hmm. who's very much on the side of the light. And uh, what he writes is very interesting. Um, and I'll try to find out what day it is today as we talk. I think it's today, it's the day of the prayer, the angels of us and prayers, I believe. Arts and oh, prayers? No, sorry. It's, hang on. Let's have a look. No, it's, today is the angels of morality. Oh. So if it's your birthday uh, today, that's November the 27th is the day we're recording this, mm -hmm. um, you have the angels of morality as your, uh, the, as the, the angels of morality in, in introspection as your 
as your angels. I'm going to be doing more and more on these angels, so if you do come to my website, which you said is moonology.com, like astrology, but moonology.com, um, I'm going to be developing a whole lot of stuff about these angels because I find them really fascinating. Mm -hmm. But the other thing to be aware of with, with these angels is there's, there's kind of at least two very obvious ways to access the angels. And the other one is um, uh, another more strictly Kabbalistic uh, method which actually assigns one angel to every five-day period. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, if you were born on November the... 20th and someone was born on November the 21st mm -hmm. um, then you'd probably have the same angel unless it just so happened that you didn't but basically every five days there's a different angel so there's at least two angels that we already know are by your side helping you day in day out mm -hmm. and um, the thing is I mean if you look into all this um, angelic information or if I manage to explain it to anyone in a book which I'm hoping to get written in the quite near future um, it's quite good because it means you know which your angel is and you also know um, your angel's name because there are names for all these angels but you don't actually have to know that it's enough just to say okay I'm going to work on the theory that I've got an angel I don't know necessarily the angel's name because I haven't read about it yet but I don't really mind and you just need to ask your angel for assistance because um, angels are there to help you mm -hmm. they're there to help us all uh, we just need to ask Yes, I There's nothing worse than an unemployed angel, they say. Yes, well, um, Doreen Virtue uh, talks about angels being um, God's thoughts. Those are the ideas of, of God or angels. I've heard that from other places too. So, yeah, there are lots of angels and you can definitely, you have free will, so you have to ask for help. So yeah. I'm always remembering to ask. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Doreen Virtue's fantastic. I mean, yeah. she's done such a lot of amazing work with angels. So the rest of us are just, uh, you know, walking up the path that she has, she's led, really. She's yeah. led on. Because she's, a, she's introduced people to the idea that angels are, are there. Mm -hmm. And if you can get your head around that, then you can start to go a little bit uh, into more detail, which is what I'm going to be looking at. But it's very much coming off the back of uh, all the hard work that she's done and, and all the fantastic work that she's done. Yes. Well, um, so and and you've, I mean, you know, you're one of those people too, though, Yasmin. I feel who's who's really up there with what you're bringing out into the world to share with the world. So, so it is a real privilege having you with us. Um, so, do you want to give any astrological predictions or highlights you see for us in 2009? Well, um, I won't do a big long thing like I just did before. Um, on you know for all the signs but if anyone's got a pen and they want to make a note of say for example I might give you a couple of the Mercury retrograde okay. and there's a Venus and a Mars retrograde might be it's quite useful to know those um, okay. I'll just look I'm just going to look um, just give me one second to adjust for um, American time so I'm going to give this in New York time that's EST okay um, okay so Starting on January the 26th, that's an eclipse day, an eclipse in um, Aquarius, but it will affect everyone one way or another, so make a note, eclipse day, January 26th. February the 1st, Mercury goes retrograde. I'd say put it in your diary, just make a note, Mercury is retrograde until, I can figure it out quickly, uh, where does Mercury go? Oh, sorry, 
Sorry, sorry, sorry, excuse me. Um, we actually, Mercury is retrograde as we start the year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought it was going to be happening pretty quick near the Yeah, the year. really early on in January 10th, 11th of January. So, sorry, sorry about that. January 11 to February 1, Mercury is retrograde. Okay? And then February 9th, there's another eclipse. Mm-hmm. And then... So um, one's on the new moon and one's on the full, or...? Yeah, the, first, the January 26th is the new moon. It's a, it's a solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. And the February 9 eclipse is a full moon. Wow, first of the year. Right before the uh, Chinese, the new, the new year, Chinese New Year. Yeah, because that's the new moon in Aquarius, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Then we have uh, Venus going retrograde March the 6th until... Sorry, I didn't know you were going to ask this. I would have written it down. I'm just reading it straight out of the ephemeris. Um, until the 17th of April. Mm -hmm. So um, Venus retrograde is a time when you might feel a little bit distant from your partner. Uh, it's a time when we reevaluate all our relationships. And it's said to be not a great time to buy very expensive things because we often change our mind and go... Or something, um, something surfaces, some information a, surfaces a, that changes. A, yeah. So April, March the 6th to 17th April, that's um, Venus retrograde. Don't spend any money that you can't afford. <laughs> of course, we should never spend money we can't afford, I suppose, especially at these credit crunch times. Um, May the 7th until May the 30th is another Mercury retrograde. So it's a time when you have to be very careful. You know, if you're travelling, don't go and... Don't you know, allow yourself a bit of time to, for your itinerary to change. And if you happen to have it going backwards in your phone, and in that case it's Gemini and Taurus that's going back in, mm -hmm. um, it's just a time when you've just got to understand you might be a little bit tested by events and it's really important to try and keep your sense of humour if you mm -hmm. possibly can. Uh, July 7th, there's a full moon eclipse in the sign of Capricorn, but will affect everyone in different ways, so it's worth being aware of no matter what sign you are. And then there's a new moon eclipse on... Uh, July 21st, that's in the sign of Cancer. Then there's another full moon eclipse, and that is on 5th of August, that's in Aquarius, so strongly affecting Aquarius and Leo, but affecting everyone in different ways, so again, make a note. And then we get another Mercury retrograde on the 7th of September until the 29th of September. Back up your hard drives, you know, double check all your finances before you send them off to the tax office or whatever you're doing. It's just a time when communications can go a little bit, uh, little bit sideways. And then we actually end the year, would you believe, with uh, to go in 2009 with uh, Mercury going backwards again on the 26th of wow. December. Wow. Staying that way until 2010. Yeah. Um, and then there's a full moon eclipse um, on. New Eve. So that's a year in a nutshell next year. Wow. Um, and, and Mars is also going backwards in December. So it's it's kind of a chaotic year next year, um, especially with Pluto changing signs. Plus yeah. um, Jupiter's going to be in Aquarius as of January. And then uh, Saturn's changing signs in October. So um, if you understand astrology and leaving a little bit what I've said probably makes sense. If it doesn't, if you don't understand it at all, it's probably just a whole lot of mumbo jumbo. But um, I hope to make a note of the uh, Mercury, Madanova Mercury retrograde because they do affect everyone. They're the one thing that people can understand. They're also a very good time to review your situation. Yeah, any retrograde so, you know, is a good time to, to 
go over things. And, and can I just say um, for all the listeners, KG makes this fantastic uh, Mercury retrograde. <laughs> uh, Anti-Mercury retrograde oil. Let's call it that. So you're supposed to use when Mercury's going backwards. And she sent me some, and I used it. I had a great Mercury retrograde. So touch wood, I'll be getting my anti-Mercury retrograde <laughs> chaos oil out. Yeah. <laughs> and I recommend anyone else goes on the website and has a look. Because thank you for that. I actually think it's really good. <laughs> I use it. <laughs> Every Mercury yeah, retrograde, I, I use it. it. Yeah. So things go better. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that you said what you said in your little blurb that you had on the website, because I looked at it, was something along the lines of, uh, you know, Mercury is a good, Mercury retrograde is a good time to be introspective and to think about uh, where you've been and so on, and that this oil is designed to help you sort of get the most out of the the cycle rather than just getting the chaos factor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that whole idea of going to the higher, going, to the highest possible thing it could it could bring to you what kind of gift we're looking for the gift you know and, yeah, exactly. and what is happening exactly. rather than just resisting it and suffering through the retro because you know basically things do seem to you know you just can't force your way through you can't have your agenda and think you're going to it's just going to go straight through with a mercury retrograde there are other things to yeah. be able to take into consideration yeah. So, and with a Mercury retrograde, you have to take those things more into consideration. Yeah. You know, it's forced on you. So, if you're naturally doing that, you know, if you try to come from that place, then I, I think there, there is less impact on your day to day, life. That's what I found anyway. It depends upon where, you know. There's so many variables. You know, you have to find out where it's falling in your, in your, um in your chart, you know, what house it's falling yep. in and so yep. you know if you if you know yourself then you know you have some weak spots certain places, you know, and you're more yep. predisposed to having you know, to suffering through things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the that's the way you're choosing to grow still, so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, well do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us before we close or no, apart from please come to my website and say hello and send me an email and tell me you heard me on the KG show. Yes, please. Please go visit Yasmin at her website. That's moonology.com. It's like astrology but with moon, M-O-O-N-ology, moonology.com. So thanks again for joining us, Yasmin. And My absolute pleasure, KG. Thank you.